Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. When's the last tight end that had success under Joe? I keep hearing Joe Flacco loves his tight ends. When's the last tight end that had fantasy success under Joe Flacco? Name me one. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast, Paige Demacos, Jake Arians, and Jamie Eisner. We continue our previews. Now we're doing the AFC West, but before we get into that, we're going to get to a little bit of news since our last podcast. Uh, Michael Thomas signed a big, fat contract and is very happy about it. Your initial reactions? Uh, I'm not terribly surprised. This deal seemed like it was coming uh, from a while away. It's Obviously, he's now the highest paid wide receiver in history, the problem when we talk about those numbers is these numbers are – we're getting to new levels every year. So is Michael Thomas deserving of being the highest paid wide receiver in the history of the NFL? Of course he's not. But he won't be the highest paid receiver in the NFL in a year. Yeah. So I guess this is what you're going to take at this point. He is one of the best receivers in the league, even if he's not one of the three best receivers in the league. But this is kind of par for the course now. It's cyclical, right? Yeah. I mean, Joe Flacco is still in the top six paid NFL quarterbacks because he came up at the right time. Correct. He's top five receiver. His contract came up. Now we know Julio was probably waiting to see what this was when they've already told him, Hey, you're going to, we're going to get one. Yeah. So I'm going to show up to camp. I'm going to be good. And Michael Thomas got 60, what? 61 million, 65 million guaranteed, mm-hmm. 95, whatever it was. Julio is going to blow that out of the water mm-hmm. and the Falcons will be dead on catch base. And it's kind of a team killer, but yeah. you have to pay your guys. If you want to keep him. he's a top five guy. He's been phenomenal for two years. Is what it is. Get your money. Yeah, exactly. We've all we're always a proponent of the players getting their money, and he's deserving of it. I get the conversation around highest paid wide receiver ever, but you have to understand just how the league works. The salary cap is changing. The league is growing every year. The league is expanding, and that is why this is happening. It doesn't mean Michael Thomas is better than Jerry Rice. Okay, I've seen people getting really worked up on social media. It's just how the Look league works. Look at the works. TV contract, people. Yeah, Look it, at basketball. Just, the, it's the profit margins. It's, it's this is how things work. It doesn't mean that players that are playing now were better than players playing back then. It just means no, that there's it's more all based money off the TV yes. contract and revenue sharing. That is correct. And I know people always get worked up about the money stuff. I don't really know why because it's not your money. So also, I don't uh, just just let the players make it every money. year. Go be great at something. Yeah, yeah, and you'll get paid too. Also, maybe not like that, but. Go be great at something. Yes. Guaranteed money is the only money that matters, though. Exactly. I know we always, look, we always look at the big number because that's what gets the headlines. You know, Michael Thomas signs $100 million deal. The guaranteed money is all that matters. We know this in the NFL. And history. it was a lot, too. Yeah, it was a lot, too. It was a lot, too. And you're starting to see more. Again, I want to see how many more players. Now, it's different when you're a quarterback, but I want to see how many more players get these Kirk Cousins-type deals where they're like, Screw this this astronomical number. I want it all guaranteed. Well, the top rookie deals are all like that now, right? Yeah. Like top 15, whatever. They're all guaranteed stuff. I mean, they're going to front load this contract, which means they're going to pay a ton in one check up yep. early, yep. and then they can drop him in. Even though it's a long-term deal, they can probably get out of it in four years. But yep. he's a, he'd be a seventh-year guy at that point. Yeah. I he mean, takes phenomenal care of himself. He always plays. plays through injuries. This is a good signing. Yeah, yeah it's I mean, a it's good not, signing. It's not a, now, when Julio gets his money, he's older. Yeah, he's 31. Yeah. 
Yeah. They're taking that into account. Julio has to take that into account. Listen. But if you look at Julio's making like $5 million, that's insane. Yeah, but at this point in time, I contractually feel a lot better about what they're going to do for Michael Thomas than I would about Julio. Absolutely. It's not, it's not because I like Michael Thomas more than Julio. I love Julio and I love over what he's done. Over the next five years, but I believe. Exactly right. But over the next five years, because of the age difference, I like Michael Thomas more than I like well, Julio that's Jones. Your, even with that now, and it goes in against your cap when you give a signing bonus, but you can still give a big chunk early and get out of it in two years. Yeah. So you can front load $40 million guaranteed for Julio and still be gone in two years if that fits what you need to do. Yeah. Still kind of kills your cap, but you can spread it out a little bit like that. Yeah, so we'll see what that is, because Julio will be 31 when the deal comes up. So we've got to see what it is. There's a lot of guys that age. I have a feeling Julio's will be done by then at training camp. Yeah, it yeah. should be. I, yeah. I, I would assume so, especially. AJ Green comes up at the end of the year, too. Again, I know we talked about that. That'd injury. Really that interesting that's injury. an intriguing one to see what that number looks like, given his injury history. Much, like much less, now. lesser than but, yeah, especially because of all the injuries that he's had. Uh, quickly, a mention of the Hall of Fame game, which is tonight. It does exist. It is a thing Who's playing that is happening. Nobody. The Denver, Denver Broncos and the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Uh, oh, good. The Falcons have an extra preseason game. Yeah. It, listen, They're in the Bucks division. I can be a homer for a second. Yeah. it's sure. Listen, football is on. It's not football that counts, but it means we're that much closer to the football that counts. It's August 1st. We're a month away, and it feels good. Uh, that's that's pretty much my only thoughts on this whole thing. I got the bug now. I was at training camp practice yes. for a couple of days, doing the backpack giveaway in Tampa, and, and and then again yesterday with the Cardinals, watched some of their practice. I got the bug. Like I'm jacked that we're a month out, but yeah. it's still crazy to me to say that we're a month out and we're, we're playing football games you, tonight. You want to give us some quick thoughts on training camp, both, I guess? Because there's been a lot of talk about the uh, Arizona Cardinals, which is... which is. I'll start with them, and they looked... What I watched a good 30 minutes. They look pretty good. Yeah, Kyler Murray is impressive live. They're going to... I think Jamie had the nail on the head yesterday when we talked about him on the podcast. I mean, both picked him to go 4-12, and but it's going to be an exciting 4-12 and team you almost have to watch, yeah. which hasn't always been the case. I don't know that they're going to ever really feel out of it, which might make some crazy stuff bad against them happen in the fourth quarters, but he's going to be fun to watch. I okay. mean, he moves around. He's little. Yeah. I, I saw him from oh, I've seen him 20, 20 yards away, like yeah, right there. Small. He ain't very big, but his arm's big. He gets it out quicker than I thought. Uh, talked to Fitzy. He was super excited about the year. He looks phenomenal. Absolutely. He was moving really good. So yep. I, He's like, you know, father time himself. I don't really know what to expect there, but um, they looked okay. I didn't really watch much of their starting defense. Without Patrick Peterson, I don't know what they're going to do. That scares me. Yeah. And going back to a combo thing, uh, the Bucs, hopefully they stay under the radar because I think they're going to surprise some people. Todd Todd Bowles is damn good at his job. Yes, he is. I will say that. If you're reading anything from the Tampa press, you see that they're all on board with that too. These young guys added a ton of team speed. Yeah, that's all uh, All some good overall thoughts on training camp. The last thing we're going to get to, which is a perfect transition before we get into the AFC West, is the Melvin Gordon uh, conversation because they haven't come to an agreement. He, We've talked about this before, whether or not we thought he was going to be on the Chargers. The longer this goes, the, the more optimistic I am that he's going to be somewhere else. Right, because I I think at a certain point a relationship starts to get really really fractured and it's really hard to bring it back. Uh, your guys' thoughts on whether or not you think this gets done, and then I have a couple questions on what the impact will be overall on the team. Define gets done. Uh, I'm still of the belief that it's today that Melvin Gordon takes snaps for the Chargers in Week One under this current contract. Yes. Okay. Uh, I don't think I don't think the Chargers are getting him a new deal. 
But I, I know we're going to talk about some possibilities here. I just don't think there's an easy trade target for a guy like this because yeah. if you're the Chargers, you need, for at least the, year one, you are a Super Bowl contender. And you need Melvin Gordon on your team to win a Super Bowl, but you don't want to pay him long-term because he does have an injury history that goes back to college. And paying running backs is a nightmare for you. And we'll talk about, we've talked about this throughout the offseason with Dallas, and we'll continue talking about it, even though their situation's a little different. The offense doesn't run through Melvin Gordon in, in L.A. like it does through Seek in Dallas. But I don't know like who is trading major draft capital to get him. Because you're going to then have to re-sign him. He's not just going to go play for Miami on the current contract, mm-hmm. is he? No. So, or, or one of the other teams we'll talk about. So I don't see a team that is going to maybe actively really want to give him a ton of money and also give up draft capital. I got one I'll throw out there for you, and I think he does end up somewhere else. He's a six-hour flight from coming to Chargers training camp. He's down in South Florida training by himself right now. He's not showed up. The good news is they have talked, mm-hmm. where they both splintered a week ago and said, we're not talking, we ain't close. They're closer, but apparently they're still really far away. The Indianapolis Colts are extremely interesting. I know it threw out the Steelers because they had Le'Veon Bell and they knew where the money was and all that kind of stuff. That one was kind of fun. This one makes a lot of sense. They have a couple backs they could trade with a second or third round pick from next year. They have a ton of capital. And I think you're you're not going to have to max pay this guy like you would have if they would have been in the Le'Veon Bell sweepstakes where they took a lot of crap this offseason for not being that active. That one makes a lot of sense to me. You put Melvin Gordon on this Colts team, Whoa. It's Super Bowl conversation. Yeah. I mean, and you have to. And you I have think to put them in that really, conversation. That diminishes because the Chargers are so good all the way around. But it definitely takes away from what they – take a three-down back. I talk about it all the time. There's only like five or six guys that are three-down backs that make you unpredictable. The defense cannot know what you're doing. If you have a guy that's a first or second-round back and you bring in a third-down back, you're just more predictable of what defense you're going to see. And you're taking away one of the top five or six dynamic running backs in the league. I don't know. It makes a lot of sense. I don't think he's going to end up – he's definitely not coming on this contract. I know his agent. He's a smart guy. He knows he can't come in on this contract and get hurt. So I, he's not coming, in my opinion, back to the Chargers right now on this contract. Okay. So either get one done there or I think they, there's a possibility they trade him. So – They're still a cheap franchise too, right? I mean, they've got a yeah. ton of guys on that team. They're really good, but they're not a overly paid – they don't have a facility. They don't have a stadium. They have no, no revenue – other than the you know revenue sharing Which stuff. It's actually incredible that they have the roster that they do considering everything else that yeah. exists in the LA. I mean, Telesco is really good at his job. Yeah, yeah. he drafted, they drafted yeah, really well. Extremely well on both sides of the ball. So if Melvin Gordon does not play for the Chargers this year, what is your outlook on this team? Because all of us really, really like this roster. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. Yes, we all did. I don't know that they can get there without him. I think they still win the division. I think they still have a chance, but I think him alone could be the difference between home field and going on the road in the playoffs. We saw how that worked out for him last year. And I think that's the big key. I still think they're a Super Bowl contender, but I don't think this is a team that can win three road games to go to the Super Bowl. They're going to have to win this division. And when we're talking maybe a one-game margin difference between winning this division and being the five seed, which is, again, what we saw last Last year year, with L.A., that's a problem. here's Here's another one I'll throw out there. We talked about also on the show, Kenyon Drake. Yeah. Apparently, through another coaching regime, is not being looked upon fondly. If they were to get Kenyon Drake back and a second round pick from the Dolphins, and Gordon goes down there, like I said, he's training down there, living mm-hmm. now. They can afford it. They can make it happen. I don't know that that diminishes that much. I mean, Kenyon Drake is not Melvin Gordon, no. yes, but he's a three down dynamic guy that's going to need some spelling. But we 
Jackson's proved that he can spell him. Eckler's proved that he can spell Gordon, but not be the guy when Gordon's out totally. That one will be really interesting as well. That way they're getting something back that we're not going to diminish the Chargers' chances that much. I think if they're going to do this, like Jamie said, right now they're a Super Bowl contender with their roster of Melvin Gordon on it. Yes. They got to stay there. So they, I think they got to get something back other than a draft. And, and somebody will be available. You know, maybe it's a little Sean McCoy that gets cut. There's a thousand running backs in Buffalo right now. And they all can't make the roster. You know, maybe you're able to get some. Somebody has to be the odd man out in Baltimore, whether that's Kenneth Dixon or Gus Edwards. I mean, somebody has to be the odd man out there. So there are going to be some cheap options available for them. There are all going to be significant downgrades for Melvin Gordon, but. If you look at this role of you're going to combine Justin Jackson with one of those guys, at least one of the names you mentioned before, and you're still going to play Austin Eckler in his role, they're still a Super Bowl contender. They're just they're missing that. Another interesting piece. would be Duke Johnson. He's been on the yeah. trade block. Not necessarily that they're going to trade Melvin Gordon to the Browns. That's not going to happen. But if they trade him somewhere else and they're they're needing to trade a draft pick, you know, yeah. give the Browns a fourth, fifth round pick for, yeah, for Duke Johnson. Yeah, could be a lot of movement. They get something back and get another pass catching guy. Yeah. They add somebody else that's good. Right? All right, let's start this preview of this team since this was we've been talking about the Chargers. So yeah. let's kick things off here with Philip Rivers, who continues to be one of those guys. He kind of, I kind of put him in my category where he will be available late, and he always is good enough. Mm-hmm. That he helps me compete in a to get yourself to a fantasy football championship. He uh, it's he without fail is always in that. Category. He's going to dad gum it, throw a couple picks. Yeah, <laughs> but he's really, 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 really good. Yes, Jamie, your thoughts on Philip Rivers? So I'm getting sick of hearing myself say it, so I'm going to have to say this in a different way. Um, <laughs> I am perfectly okay with Philip Rivers as my starting quarterback. Uh, he last four years he's finished 15th, 18th, 12th, and 13th. Yep. He doesn't have top five upside because he doesn't run. And in fantasy, your quarterback has to run on some level or throw 40-plus touchdowns in order to be a top five option. But on a week-to-week basis, he has as good a chance as anybody as finishing as a low-end QB1. He's going in the 15th round right now. I'm a big proponent on, I'll say it again, wait on your quarterback, grab two of these guys late. I'm not anti-grabbing a backup quarterback because I'm assuming at least half, if not more, of your league will do that. Grab a couple of these guys, and then you play them on the matchups. Rivers is going to have big weeks, and he's going to have okay weeks. He doesn't usually have terrible weeks. No. Uh, again, another reason why I just I can't spend the price for the top guys. I know I feel like I'm a broken record with this, but I, I got to hammer this point home. Don't draft Patrick Mahomes in the second round. No, it's not going to be don't helpful do it. for you. Even if he repeats the same season, which he there's will. more, which he absolutely will not. There's still more value in waiting and getting the players there, and again. We just talked about this, and we're going to talk about Melvin Gordon again here in a second. Running back, especially at the very top of your draft, is a massive question mark this year. Mm-hmm. Massive question mark this year. I'm not passing on the Leonard Fournette's of the world, even with the injury, or Dalvin Cook or Nick Chubb to get Patrick Mahomes when I can get a Phillip Rivers later in the draft. I just can't do it. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Love him. Look, this other thing is this defense is really good. Regardless of who the running back is, if they run it a little bit, it all still goes through Phillip Rivers. This isn't Dallas, like Jamie said, with Zeke. This goes through Phillip Rivers. He's changing yes. the play at the line of scrimmage. He's always putting them in the right play. And if that means he's handing it off, he's going to do it. I love him. He's a great option. Yeah, he's a great option. He's one of my favorites. Great value have. option, I should exactly. say. Exactly. Great value yeah, you're option. Not, you're not like killing Jamie. your team. No, Jamie said it perfectly. doesn't have top five upside because he's a pocket passer. He's not going to get you. He could week to week because Tim's yeah, throwing four on, picks. Yeah. Three, four touchdowns is... is Likely, but you don't know when it's coming. He's a really good guy to have for a matchup. He's going to end the season somewhere between quarterback 10 and quarterback 15 in points per game. If he's playing the Chiefs, do you have a better option to play that week, regardless of who else is playing anybody? No, top five, top six option. Right. I mean, so that's the thing, too. That's why I like grabbing two of these guys. Grab him and, 
you know, Greco may be more of a high upside guy like Mitch Trubisky, for example, and say, okay, I'm going to play the matchup certain weeks. There are going to be weeks I don't want to play Mitch Trubisky. You're not you're playing Mitch Trubisky against the Vikings defense. No, no. but I'm going to play Mitch Trubisky against Detroit. Yeah, absolutely. I, so uh, mix and match and kind of see and give yourself the best option there because if you do that, you're taking two picks that are essentially bench picks for you for where they are in the draft and say, okay, I'm going to get a QB1 every single week by playing one of these two guys. Yeah, yeah it's a good strategy. It's a good strategy going into the draft, and I know a lot of people are starting now, even though we tell you routinely to wait until after preseason game three. But I know that people are starting to draft because I started getting uh, some questions and some bold takes yesterday on Twitter, which was very fun to pay attention to. Uh, this running back room, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson – we are going to assume that Melvin Gordon is on the Chargers because that is where he is right now. So let's yes. play that out like that. So obviously it's extremely tough to rank Melvin Gordon right now because I have no idea where he's playing, when he's going to play, or if he's going to play. Um, I'm trying not to – I feel like everybody has gone too far the other way in the sense of what happened when Le'Veon Bell last year was so out of character for what we normally see I in think these that's screwing this situation. 100%. That we're all a little skittish. We're gun-shy on this. So let me tell you what makes me gun-shy on it. When Phillip Rivers comes out and says, we love Melvin Gordon, but our running back room is deep. Yeah. Not a great sign. Not that no, no, that's not good. Let me, let me say that again. That ain't good. Yeah. It's not. And I've dropped Melvin Gordon outside my top 10 running backs right now. Again, I'm doing this issue drafted today. So with yes. the information I have today, I'm at running back 11, and I take him at the end of the second round. There's obviously a lot of risk there. I Again, but he, if he plays somewhere, last two years, number five, number six, number two running back. If he plays and he's going to play somewhere, I'm telling you that right now. If he's in the second round and you're up, take him. And, and I don't see first it. round anymore. No, no I can't I, take I, him the first. I can't round. do that. But no, because it's not going to be the same situation as Le'Veon Bell. He's going to play. He's going to be really good. And somewhere. also, I don't think there's a much of a uh, production drop if he plays in Miami or he plays in no. Indianapolis or no. he plays any of those we mentioned. I don't think. Obviously, you want to be part of that good offense, but I don't think LA's offense is making Melvin Gordon. I think no. Melvin Gordon's had success, can have success in any offense that's halfway decent. Now, Miami's offense, Miami's offense would scare me with him a little bit. But I still love that. Still second. love to have him. If Fitzpatrick plays, that offense isn't going to be terrible. Yeah. Miami's offense, if Fitzpatrick's a starter, is sneaky fun yeah. for fantasy because I do like the options they have there. I know this is not the AFC East one, but we did it a long time ago. So, yes, but, we did. But again, Devontae Parker, Albert Wilson, Kenny Stills, let's say Melvin Gordon, Mike Jacecki. Jacecki, yeah. yeah. And Fitzpatrick. Again, I know Fitzpatrick can throw a thousand interceptions, but Doesn't you don't matter. care for he's fantasy. Also, he's also going to throw oh, that's a fantasy relevant. And you add Melvin Gordon on that team with Kalen Balage, that's a fantasy relevant offense. So I'm, what I'm saying is I'm okay taking him in round two and at that point just hoping he's playing week one and then I'll be happy. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. If you pick fifth in your draft. And you're picking in the second round. Yeah. Then he's still there. David Johnson, Melvin Gordon, and I, I will run. I will run away happy if I do those two picks for the oh. pick. Oh, yeah. I'll be thrilled. If I will happens. be. Yes. Yeah, that would be a steal if you get both of those guys. How about Austin Eckler? Where are you guys? Uh, I love the player, but I was really disappointed last year. I know Jamie was too. We both had him on our bench. Melvin Gordon got hurt. It was time for him to be the guy, and all of a sudden Jackson comes in and takes all the carries, all the catches. And Eckler did nothing. His role actually diminished when it was supposed to be his time. I can't help but think that's kind of going to be the case. If He's still going to be a secondary guy to Jackson if Gordon doesn't play. And if he does, I don't think his role changes at all. So I've got him as a flex option late, yep. but only as a value add to your bench. I agree completely. So it, I, I was somebody that I was Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, and Justin Jackson on our last season. So I watched the situation closely. 
when Gordon was out, remember they went overseas to London, they wanted to make Austin Eckler the guy there. And it failed miserably. And they went, okay, we can't do that. So I gave Eckler a little bump in my rankings. He's at running back 31, so right in that flex territory that, that Jake was talking about there. I think, let's say Melvin Gordon's completely out of its offense. I think Eckler is, sees a maybe 20 to 25% increase in production. Not a 50 or 7. Not a, he's not taking over that role. I think Justin Jackson and probably running back to be named later. Yeah. You know, there are going to be a lot of guys that get cut. Um, will take on the majority of the role. So I think you're drafting Austin Eckler maybe a slightly higher than you would have when you thought Melvin Gordon was playing the whole season. But he's still just a flex option to me. I like him there, but I would take him in round – again, I have him going in round six right now in 65 overall. I would still take him there if you already got your, your running backs and your receivers out of the way. But Justin Jackson is an interesting one to me. When he filled in for Melvin Gordon, he was the number 27 running back in fantasy. So borderline RB2 territory. If he, he will be the guy in that offense, at least on the first two downs. I'm perfectly happy he with He catches him. it okay, yeah. though. Like, I can see him, if he has a really good have camp. to take him off the field. No, like, I can see him having a really good camp and them going, okay, is that why Phillip Rivers said what he said? Yeah. Probably. Players don't get involved in other players' cheddar, dude. No. no. Especially when it's your star quarterback that's the franchise. Tommy Telesco is a quiet, in the dark kind of guy. He ain't coming out saying nothing. You haven't heard anything from the Chargers, right? But when your superstar quarterback says our running back room is deep. And by the way, Phillip is no idiot. He's been around a long time. He's a smart man. Yes. He knows what he was doing. He's a very calculated guy. He doesn't, he doesn't say that flippantly. He's not someone that just spouts off. That tells me Justin Jackson. Looks was, really good. He was good last year. They liked him a lot. He's a slasher. Camp. I really liked him. Mean, they he, loved him at training camp last year. That's why he got on people's radar because of Gordon's injury history. Again, someone that right now is going outside the top 200, I would reach in round 12 for him. Even if, oh, I, don't yeah. have, even if I don't have Melvin Gordon on my team, I, Justin Jackson someone to keep an eye on. Yeah, because you're stashing somebody for later. Because Melvin Gordon, if, even if he signs and is there, there's a chance he misses a game. Yes. He could end up being the type of player that gets starting role this year. and Depending on how this plays out over the next month, that's James Conner from last year. That's yeah. what I'm exactly right. Yeah. It, it, this similar situation, I, I'm not forecasting anything that it's going to happen for sure, but it has has the makings of a very similar situation. And if he's there, like Jamie said, in round 12, you're taking a flyer. You're, if Melvin Gordon gets traded between out. now and then, he ain't there in round 12. Absolutely not. Yeah. But if you're drafting today. If you yeah. take him in round 6, 7, 8, 9. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. All day. Yeah. Uh, wide receivers. Here, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Let's start with Keenan Allen here, Jamie. Yeah, he's my number nine wide receiver. You know, I have him right at that bottom of that that second tier where that Juju's in and Antonio Brown's in. Um, I'm just above T.Y. Hilton. Uh Look, when he's healthy, which he's been for the most part the last two years, he's been a wide receiver one. His last three healthy seasons, number six, number four, and last year he was number 12. I love this offense. I, I like great players on great offenses. Um, right now, he's got, I would have him at the end of the second, late in the second round there. He's going in the early third round. I, I'm perfectly happy with him as my as one of my wide receiver ones going into the season. Yeah, I got him wide receiver eight. He's a stud. Yeah. Run after the catch, well-rounded from a football perspective. He's a true number one on your team. Mike Williams is secondary to him, even though I really like Mike Williams. Um, I think you're ecstatic if you have him on your team. He's, he's just like T.Y. There's plenty of targets every game. Yeah. There's possession targets. There's deep targets. There's run after the catch targets. You gotta love that kind of guy because he's so well rounded. And whether Gordon's in camp or not, they're gonna throw. Yes, this team yeah. still runs to Phillip Rivers in that arm and that on that and, offense. And Phillip's brain. I mean, this is one of those teams. If you go back to the Peyton Manning days, Phillip Rivers comes up in a muddle huddle, and you're always seeing him pointing. It's not BS. He's changing the play to whatever he sees because he studies that much and he's that smart. Well, that's really good for your running back, and it's also really good for receivers. Now you can't double Keenan Allen like you used to because Mike Williams on the other side. 
Let's talk about Hunter Henry. Tight end, where do you have him, Jamie? He's my tight end four right now. I moved him up. But I've kind of moved uh, Evan Ingram down a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. He's, to me, is my – you're not going to get him. His ADP right now is the third round. People are being nuts on him. Uh, I, I can't do this, but I would take him. If he's there in the seventh, I would be happy to take him. You're just not going to get him at that spot. Philip Rivers targeted him when he was on the field. He was number seven tight end two years ago. He does have that kind of upside, but I just can't spend that much on one of the tight ends. It's not third kid, round not, upside. That's not Kittle, Kelsey, yeah. or Ertz. Yeah, it's the only three I'm taking in the third round. I cannot imagine. Like the player, love the offense, yeah. love that he has chemistry with a really good quarterback, but it's, you, you can't overdraft in fantasy. We talked about yesterday. I am not no risk it, no biscuit like my dad, especially when it comes to fantasy. There's better, safer options with value. It always has to come down to value every round. There's no reason to take a flyer until you get later yeah. in the draft. A couple guys to mention that I have Mike Williams in my number 21 wide receiver. I, I think he has a big four. I do too. It, it takes a little pro- projection. I mean, you have to know. Like He, he was borderline flex territory last year. You, he's very productive. He's not going to get a ton of targets, but his production per target is off the charts just yeah. because, I mean, if you've I had seen him as my breakout guy last year on yeah. the show, yeah. and he had flashes of that. Yeah, I think I was maybe monster. a year early, but I think that progression is really, really there. He's a monster. He's going around six. I take him in round five. And I don't have him ranked right now, but something to keep an eye on is Travis Benjamin. He had a significant role in this offense a couple years ago before he got hurt. Didn't play a ton last year. There's room for more than just the Hunter Henry, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen of the world to have success in that offense. Tyrell Williams is in the is elsewhere in the division. I think that that role could be someone that you want to keep an eye on. That's a good nugget because Benjamin can still fly. Yes. Uh, the Chargers defense are they going to be a defense? I know we all like them from a football perspective. We can argue about talent level and I got them as my number rush. one defense. Okay. So yes, I think they're draftable. Okay. Uh, the division, other than Kansas City, and they played Kansas City well last year. They sure did. Um, I think they're a team that you could draft. And you need one of those secondary teams. We talk about ten of them at this point, but they're a primary matchup every single week. They just they get after the passer. They turn over. They get turnovers. They don't give up a ton of points. You're not gonna. They have two good corners. You're not gonna run it on them a ton. They they, they just they fit to me. And I hate fantasy defenses, but they fit to me. What's going to be a really good yeah. fantasy defense? They're my number six defense. But you know, like Jake said, they they were top five two years ago. They were a little disappointing last year. Again, Joey Bosa being out when him and Ingram are on the field together, it's a whole different story. Derwin James in the second year, I mean, they 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 just we got guys like Derwin James trying to cut you off, but he can cover tight ends and he can cover backs. He can rush the passer. He can drop deep. It's like a much bigger Ed Reed. Yeah, for fantasy that kills the other team. Does Kelsey does not have big games against the Chargers? No. Tyreek Hill doesn't have big games against Chargers unless he's returning a punt. Like it's. They match up really well because of some of these guys. Definitely, definitely draftable. But again, it's you're going to play on a week to week basis. But not too early. Don't get me wrong on two drafting too early. It's defense. Chargers round fourteen versus Bears round nine. I'll continue to beat this drum of why it's still stupid to draft the Bears round nine. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. That doesn't make any sense. I'm not drafting any defense. I don't care in round nine. That's that's not happening. No. Uh, Moving on to the Kansas City Chiefs. Overall thoughts on the team before we get into the Patrick Mahomes show, because I know that's what everybody wants to talk about. I, I have massive concerns about their defense. Um, I think this is they're going to take a step back as overall as a team this year. I think Mahomes regresses a little bit. Not to say he's bad, but I think he his touchdown rate has to come down unless he's the greatest quarterback that's ever played football, which I'm not ready to say that. After, despite having all of one good season, I'm not ready to say that <laughs> yet. Um, I, but more importantly, like we're talking about this overall football perspective. 
The thing that's going to prevent the Chiefs from winning the Super Bowl this year is they have like one pass rusher, and their secondary is garbage. Other than that, everything's great on that side of the ball. <laughs> they, they lost their center. They drafted yeah. a rookie. Chemistry with the quarterback. The least person I'm worried about is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. But yeah. their defense is not very good. This offense can't be the same that it was. It will be at times, but it can't be on a sustained 16-week Oh, and it wasn't when Kareem Hunt. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. I like Damian Williams. I've been pounding the fist on the table that he should have got a bigger role in Miami, but he's not Kareem Hunt from a college perspective. Carlos Hyde is a good secondary option, but nobody in Andy Reid's offense other than Kareem Hunt, running back-wise, has ever really been put up that much. I mean, Sean McCoy was great catching it, but they didn't run it a ton. They're not as good as the Chargers. Top to bottom. Chargers have a top five potential offense and top five potential defense. So when you're talking about that kind of dynamic – that's a really good team. The Chiefs have a top three potential offense and a bottom three potential defense. Yes. That's, that can be a recipe for And they've got to play at home if they get to the playoffs again. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I think they take a step back overall. All right, let's move into Patrick Mahomes. Uh, listen, he's probably everybody's QB1. He is. Um, but this show should just be started to call don't draft quarterbacks early because we all are in agreement that it's – absolutely ludicrous to take Patrick Mahomes at his ADP, which is 21 overall, yeah, putting I, him in I, round two. I can't do that. No, round five? If you've already gotten two receivers, two running backs, are yeah. really good? Yeah. If, if it all fell to you, right, and you it end fell up... nicely. Then maybe. Yeah, I mean, where but I have that's them, still early. Where I have them, I would be okay at the end of round four. That's okay. the first time I'd feel okay, but odds are there's going to be another player there that I have higher. But I just... Look, he... He, the difference between I know he had a monster season last year and he's going to have another monster season this year this is not a knock on his production I, I do think he will finish as the QB1 again even though we rarely see quarterbacks repeat at the top of fantasy like this the problem is is I don't he can't compete his touchdown rate was way too high it's going to come back down teams are going to adjust to him a little bit and I think there are other quarterbacks that are going to come up from behind him. I think Deshaun Watson takes another step forward. I think if Aaron Rodgers is healthy, he's going to take another step forward. So all of a sudden, his value relative to everybody else in the position becomes less as his touchdowns come down a little bit. And all of a sudden, even if he is the QB1, he's not a huge difference between QB1 and QB3. And then you're like, why am I spending a second-round pick on that? The difference of the running backs. All right, I got a question five. for you. Mahomes in round five, Rodgers in round six, or Luck in round seven? Luck in round seven. Probably Rodgers in round six. I think if Rodgers stays healthy, he's the quarterback one. If Rodgers plays 16 games, he's the number one quarterback and I, in fantasy, and, and I'm not and, even. And any of the three of them are good value, but you just yeah. got an extra pick by waiting yeah. when Rodgers For sure. Got and I don't feel comfortable doing that as well. I just don't think Rodgers is going to stay healthy for a whole 16 no, games. No, I, I, I love, and I think Andrew Luck has a monster here. And I, yeah, yeah. And I think Luck potentially could end up being better than yeah. all so the Mahomes guys. Mahomes is going to throw about. a couple picks because he had. He's a gunslinger. That's what he's going to do. And he's ridiculously good and yeah. has ridiculous confidence in his ridiculous arm. Yeah. That's, yes. He's going to throw some picks. Absolutely. They have new receivers. Sammy Watkins, who knows what he's going to be. Tyreek Hill didn't get suspended, which we'll talk about in a second. The weapons are still there, minus the running back. We'll see. But it's all on his arm. Yeah. That's which, what mean, which means he's going to throw some picks. It, was, it didn't matter if it was Elway, Marino, any of the guys that were matter. gunslingers, Favre. They're going to throw they some all picks. picks. Yeah. And that's a good point because if we remember the conversation we had about Patrick Mahomes last year at this time, and the concern was going to be he was fairly turnover prone. We didn't see that a lot early in the season. It started to manifest itself in the second half of the year. Again, we're talking about the difference. That the, we're splitting hairs here. We're talking yes. about a greatness at the top of the draft here. But 
it's just something you have to consider. There are a lot. Everything points to his numbers taking a step back. And even if he finishes as a QB one, he still won't be worth taking him in rounds two or round three. No, I hope for you that if you have Patrick Mahomes on your team, you're like me who had him in a keeper league. Where I if you have an Arrowhead tattoo, we're still talking to you. Yes, it's that doesn't mean you take your guy in round two because you love him that much. Listen, I get it. I understand. It's he's exciting, and like we said, he's going to be top five, right? I I can't imagine that he drops out of that category. But it's not. He's not. I anticipate just like Jamie, just like you, that he's going. The difference between one and three, and maybe even five, is not going to be a huge margin like it was last year. And if yeah. that's the case, and you spent four rounds earlier to get him, you're really, really going to regret that. Uh, let's talk about this running back room. Obviously, without Kareem Hunt now, Damian Williams. Jamie, where do you have him? He's my running back 13. Uh, I have him. I would take him right at the either the I have him at the right at the very beginning of the third round, but if you take him right at that turn, if you had the number one pick. Uh, my concerns with him are just can he handle the workload over a full season? He was the number six running back in fantasy points per game last year when he took over the job when Kareem Hunt got suspended. Uh, and I helped ride, you know, I voted to do a championship. He was very helpful for me. But when a player hasn't done it before, I know I know running back sometimes can make these big jumps, but when a player hasn't done it before, I want to see can he hold up? Are we, is this a player that is still going to be an RB1 level player for me in the fantasy playoffs? I don't know yet. I'm not as worried about him losing his job. I don't think Carlos Hyde's a very good football player, just from an efficiency standpoint. I think standpoint. he's good enough to get seven or eight touches a game, which yeah. I think helps yes. Damian Williams' value. Because I, I think that's why he is sustainable later on because I think Carlos Hyde will come in, maybe get some short yardage stuff, some of that pounding stuff. If they're up in the fourth quarter, which they're going to be in some games, they're going to people out. Some of that kind of stuff, I think that sustains his value for later on. I I have him right there with Jamie's talking about. I love the player, and he fits what they do. Yes, he does. Uh And he's a more talented player than people think. I know nobody heard of him before last year when he took over. He was a more talented player. He showed flashes in Miami. He wasn't great. Don't get me wrong. It's not like this was a clear star that they missed on. He's flashed everywhere he's been. Yes. It's time to put that together. And, and that's if he what does, he does then he's right there where you're talking about. So it seems like you both are not overly enthused about Carlos Hyde. So I'm going to – where do you have him? Not from a fantasy perspective. No, he's yeah. my RB60. Like if you want to take a flyer on him late and say you know, Damian Williams gets hurt, just, I don't know, a rock in that position on the offense is probably an RB2. I will say this. He's a shotgun running back and a shotgun offense. Yeah. So if Damian Williams does get hurt and he catches it good enough, he can get the 20 touches a game, and he's probably very relevant at that point. I don't know that that means you draft him thinking yeah. that's going to happen because he's going to be on your waiver wire. Yeah, I mean, if Damian, if Damian Williams gets hurt, Carlos Hyde has a, a significant value, but he doesn't have any value while Damian Williams is on the field. No. Okay, moving on. Tyreek Hill, the third overall wide receiver last year, obviously not going to be suspended. So he is going to play all 16 games, obviously, unless there's some injuries. Where do you have him, Jamie, heading into this season? I have him as my number five wide receiver. He's the first receiver I take in the second round. Um, I have those four, the big four in the first round we've talked about a lot. Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas. Uh, who am I missing here? I'm missing somebody. Oh, yeah, New Hopkins, my number one wide receiver. Yeah, I was going to say your missing. number one guy. Um, so I would take all those guys in the first round. But then when you get in early in the second round, I take Tyreek Hill. He's been a top ten wide receiver, fantasy points we gained the last two years. Um, he has, obviously, there's one player that embodies big play potential. It is Tyreek Hill. His role in the offense is very secure. He's going to put up a ton of numbers. He's going to have boomer bust weeks. It's just the nature of the type of player that he is. 
But when you look up at the end of the season, he is going to be an elite fantasy option. Yeah, I got him in my wide receiver six. He's right there. But you also get the punt return yards. You get carries because he's going to get two or three carries yeah. every game. And he's one of the very few guys that can take a bubble screen to the house from 80 yards. Yes. Yeah. Not just run past you and get it from 80 yards. He can all that. It's weird because he's a receiver that everything on that offense other than Patrick Mahomes goes through him. Yeah. Whether it's he's a decoy or it, the play is designed for him. You gotta love him now that he's not suspended. He's right there. You take him all day long, and he plays through stuff. He's tough as hell. So we all like Mahomes, and we know that he's going to throw the ball around. So does that mean your value on Sammy Watkins is higher this year than it was in years past? Or God, it feels like what? yesterday's show. All of a sudden, like you get back into this, and just, it's, it's there, yeah. and he should be a legit number two to Tyree Kill. But is it more? I just, is it I more? Just don't like the player. Is it more the player? Is it more the fact that Travis Kelsey is like the wide receiver? It's the there player. Too? I, I think Sammy Watkins is a talented but unproductive. From a pure raw talent perspective, Sammy Watkins is a freak, and I mean that in the best way possible. Yeah. But he has not been productive consistently ever anywhere. Let me tell you how my brain works. When Sammy Watkins started wearing high tops, and this isn't a style thing. This is that foot is jacked up still thing. Yeah. He's dealt with injuries since he came out. And it, whether they, like I said, whether they call it Liz Frank or they call it a whatever, that foot's jacked up. If he's yeah. wearing high tops, I mean, there's an orthotic in there. It's taped up. Ain't no speed. He can, he's a 4-3 guy coming out. Ain't no speed dude wearing high tops. No. That means he's trying to support that foot. He's not the same guy since that happened. He should be a legit number two with 80 catches and 1,100 yards. Yeah. And I don't think he can do that. Okay. And that's with Kelsey and yeah. Kyrie Kill being what they are. So I have in my wide receiver 27. I think he's a flex option. I mean, he, he'll probably provide you top 30 value by the end of the season, but I don't see massive upside here. I just He's like we talked about yesterday. They're safer options. Yeah, they're safer He scares options. me enough. There's enough risk there that I don't feel comfortable taking. He's going to disappoint the hell out of you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a couple other guys that I want to mention briefly. Um, do not draft Michael Hardman. I know I know this is a thing that people are talking about. He is, he is raw. I mean, raw as a wide receiver. Like, I'm not sure he's... Yeah, he's not DeAnthony Thomas, the black mama, yeah. when he was there. I'm not sure he's, like... He might be inactive weeks one and two raw at receiver. I mean, so especially with Tyreek Hill back. So he's not somebody that I... People think, oh, he ran really fast, so he, he can beat Tyreek Hill in this offense. That's not how this works. You know what's funny? You say that? We did our AFC North preview, right? Yeah. And we talked about how good the Bengals' offense could be. Yeah. yeah. And nobody mentioned John, John Ross. Ross. Yeah. The fastest 40 of all time. Who's the number three option? Oh, AJ no, Green got hurt. Oh, no, we still haven't talked about him with AJ Green getting yeah. hurt, right? I don't care that you ran that yeah. fast. It doesn't necessarily translate to football when that dude is that raw. All he did at Georgia was play in the slot, get some carries, yeah. and return punts. Yeah. yeah that I, doesn't I, mean he's Tyree Kill. I think his route tree has like two routes right now. Right. I just, I, I, that, that, again, they, they, they can fix that. Go maybe. straight and go straight and lean towards the middle. Yeah. But. I don't say to me if you if you have to take a chance on a third option there at wide receiver, Demarcus Robinson would be the guy. I don't think you're drafting him, but I, I, Demarcus Robinson to me has a much better chance to be productive for you, both in real life football and fantasy football, than Michael Hardman this year. All right, the other kid from Georgia gone. Um, Got hurt last year. The other kid from Georgia. I'm trying to think who else yeah. was there. Really, really solid, like number seven. I think so because solid player. I don't see him. He could end up being the two if he's healthy. And I, his name is completely blank. You're, throw, you're throwing me a curveball here. 
throwing you a curveball on the show, right? Oh, we'll, we'll come back. Here. We'll come back to it. Yeah, decent exactly. option, but there's not really a, a secondary option other than Kelsey, which well, makes me think this team also takes a step back. While Jamie looks up your, this doesn't bother me if I don't. Your Georgia Georgia boy that we can't name at this moment in time, Travis Kelsey, tight end one, tight end one, across the board. Everybody loves him. So, but don't take him around two if he's there in round three. Jump for joy. Is that where you feel comfortable taking him? Round three? If I get Jamie Snare earlier at David Johnson, Melvin Gordon, I'd take him in round three. Over a wide receiver in that position. Oh, Probably because they're all going to be there. Chris Conley. Chris Conley, no, he's not there anymore. Okay. So no, 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 no. If um, he was, then I would have liked him. Byron Pringle is interesting, too, kind of, but like you're not drafting any of these guys. No. Uh, yeah. Kelsey won't be there. When, I would take him at the very, very, very end of round two if he was still there. He won't be there. His ADP is 15. Uh he was sneaking into the first round before the Tyree Kill unsuspension news. I'm sure um, people were taking like, people. I, I, I've gotten people reach out to me. You know, they want to take him at the turn there with that 12th, 13th pick. Uh, I don't. I just can't, concussion I can't do history, it. injury, I can't do it. somewhat history. You just can't not have a top tier wide receiver or running back. Because there are too many good players end. there. This is one again auction format. Do target. Yes. Because you can still go and pay auction price for Travis Kelsey and get an RB1 or wide receiver one or whatever you want there. So he is somebody I will target in auction drafts. But I just I can't I can't take him at the beginning of the second round. I can't take him over Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon and Tyreek. I wonder how many of our listeners think I'm this conservative. I didn't realize I was until we like started. I, I, it's just risky, man. I'm, every There's a value to because everything in this. Because here's the thing. It's I look op- at it from a GM football yes, perspective. and it's opposite right? of regular football. That's why every person that I've ever had that used to play in the NFL, I could think of Ron Wolfley at my old job in Arizona sports, had such a tough time comprehending why – a defense's value was so little in fantasy yeah. because it's not regular. Or why a football. quarterback that runs gets so yeah. many ridiculous and, points? And, and how and why quarterbacks, which is by far and away yeah, the most Jackson. important position in football, yeah. is valued from my perspective in fantasy as one you should wait on. He it was mind blowing. I've made that transition. I just I, there's a value for every guy, yeah. just like there is in real football from a GM's point of view. But just Taking in Travis a Kelsey way. in the second round, unless you picked first. And you're picking dead last in the second yeah, round, yeah, which is kind of what I would take. Like yeah. at that point, I think I do that because I get. But God, if I'm getting you taking him over, like I think Dalvin yeah. Cook has a monster year. I don't think I'm he's going to be the last over. pick of your second round. It's but not like, only that; it's Devontae if you, Freeman. If I think he's going to bounce back with a big round. If you take him there instead of insert Dalvin Cook, whatever, what is the next option for your RB two or wide receiver one or whatever? Because the drop off from there to there is. Huge. I would still be willing to take the risk at that at the end of the second round there. If I've got, let's say, I mean, I'm just trying to look at. So if I have Saquon Barkley and then I'm coming back and getting Leonard Fournette, let's say, and Tavis Kelsey. And I'm saying, yes, I know I ha- I'm going to be weak at wide receiver one, but I'm going to take a chance somewhere else there. I'm okay with that. Knowing he puts up because wide receiver point, one. Because that going to be gone. Mixon's going to be gone. The yeah. top wide receivers are going to be gone. But taking him at 15 no, overall, no. when all those options are there, no, I, just, I can't do it. No. It's it's not a good decision. It's not a good decision. Even someone though, well in your league, it's going to happen, and it'll probably be a chance. Right, and, and let him let him do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's let him do going it. Going back to like, I didn't realize I placed this much value on stuff. Like yesterday, Jamie Harrison, and the whole show was, eh, it's too risky. I wouldn't. <laughs> there's going to be a better option when he comes up. There's going to be a better option for you. Let somebody else reach. Yeah. yeah, and that's a lot of this is playing those games. By the way, I knowing. finished pretty damn good in every league last year. So yes. like, this isn't just a total. Yeah. No. This is like the development of what I did last year, and I got lucky on some picks. But like this, there's 
let somebody else reach. Yeah, it's it's stuff that works each They're and the same every person that's going to call you in week six and say, hey, you want to make a trade? Take, take plenty of risks late. Yes. In the middle of late rounds, take a chance. Don't that, you know if you have like your, if you have like your core ready and you're looking to develop the bottom half of your bench, that's where you take the risk. Yes. Mm-hmm. Don't grab the guy that's going to get four points a week for you that you know. Grab the guy that's going to you either know I'm going to cut them in week two or they could be an option for you. Yep. That's when I grabbed guys like Calvin Ridley last year. That's where I grabbed guys like Austin Eckler last year. That's where you can kind of make that up. If you take a risk like this, and look, you're going to have to take some risks if you pick in the if you pick like 10, 11, 12 in this in this year's draft. You're going to have to take a risk. Yeah. Because the top five running backs are gone. Your top four receivers are gone. You're going to have to roll the dice on Ty Gurley or Melvin Gordon or Joe Mixon with no offensive linemen. Or, you know, you're going to have to take a risk on somebody there. Don't force yourself into extra risk when you don't need it. Before we get into uh, Joe Flacco, my elite quarterback, um, we're going to talk about the Broncos overall. We're going to transition because I'm not spending any time talking about the Kansas City Chiefs defense. That's not good. There'll be a couple matchups where they they're worth playing because uh, the other like, quarterback died. Yeah, <laughs> but the only like, way you're playing, the I defense. can't. I can't. Yeah. Like, like 20, yeah, I can't. Talk yeah, about no, that. we're not talking about that. Although we're, you will get the nice benefit if Tyreek Hill runs a couple back, you do get the benefit of those touchdowns. But like other than that, is yeah, it's great. I'm not doing it. Uh, the Denver Broncos as a team. In a whole, what do you guys think on this as this team? I think they're better. I do too. I, I, I had an eight and eight last year. Yeah, I think I had them seven and nine. You had them eight and eight. Yeah, they were kind of close to that. I watched them yeah. live. Good young weapons all over this offense. Joe Flacco is not as bad as people think. No, I don't think he's as good as Case Keenum. I don't think he throws it that good. But he'd get back into what I was talking about with Philip Rivers, and that's a really smart dude that works his ass off. That's a pro that's going to change the play at the line of scrimmage. That these young guys can rally behind, and yeah, I know he's got Drew Locke standing behind him. Drew Locke ain't playing unless he gets hurt. Yeah. Vic Fangio, look at Bruce Arians, look at Mike Zimmer. Vic Fangio is the next guy that waited his turn. That's a crusty old son of a bitch that will have these dudes ready to play. Yeah, that defense will play really well. This offense will play very conducive football to that defense. They're not going to hurt each other. They're going to play team football, which means they're going to be in a lot of games. I still have them in that right there in eight, eight, nine, and seven kind of thing, but. They're going to be better, and they're going to piss some people off late because I think they're going to win some games. Yeah, they probably they'll, shouldn't. They'll play tough at home. Hard, yeah, hard place to play. Yeah, they'll play tough at Look, home. I'm going to tell you right now, Vic Fangio is going to have them ready to play. Oh, yeah. I, I can assure you of that because I when when the Bears let him go, I was very disapp- I would have been significantly more disappointed had Chuck Pagano not been hired to be the defensive coordinator when Vic left. Absolutely. But Vic is a very well-respected guy. I had a great conversation with with Bruce about that because he was like, listen, this is a guy who deserves it. He's waiting. He's pushing hard for him. And I love that they hired him too with all these young guys. Some of young guys have never even caught a play. Yes. And they hired a defensive guy. Vic Fangio, who's that crusty old son bitch I'm talking about that doesn't like the media, but those guys are going to play their ass off for him. Yeah. Yeah. And they have a lot of pieces on that defense to like. They're not as good as they were a couple years ago. He's going to scheme them up to be really solid. And that conducive play, to offense, defense, the deep offense doesn't hurt the defense. The defense doesn't put them in bad positions. That's team football, which means you're going to be in a lot of games. You don't make a ton of mistakes. And Flacco doesn't throw a lot of picks. Yeah. They're going to run it pretty good. Yep. Uh, they got multiple weapons on that offense. We're not going to spend – go ahead, Jamie. You uh, got, one, you got a thought. Of, there's a point I want to make here. Now, this is a fantasy show, so we'll regress yeah. back from everything I just said. Yeah. But before we get to the fantasy part for a second, one of my favorite bets right now in Vegas, okay, Denver Broncos plus 400 to make the playoffs. I'm taking that all day. They have better. They have worse odds to make the playoffs than the Detroit Lions on Movada right oh, now. Oh God! 
The Denver Broncos, I think, are, and we'll talk about the win totals later. I think they're going to be a, a wild card contending team. I really like a lot of things. They have that potential. They have that potential, and it's because I like a lot of the core around Joe, and I and I know that Vic is going to have that defense ready to go. So crazy scenario, right? The Almighty Browns, which everybody knows is going to win the Super Bowl, have to go to Denver in the middle of December with this high flying young razzle dazzle versus Joe Flacco and these dudes nobody's heard of, and old crusty Vic. I don't know that I'm picking the Browns to win that game. And I don't care if they've got 10 wins already going in. Reminds that could be me, a wild card. Reminds me a lot of Sean McVay last year going into Chicago to play in a cold night when that high-flying offense was scoring a bajillion points and they could not move the damn football. No. They could not. Because guess what? That high-flying offense is fun until you play in the cold and until you play really, really good defenses. And I think that's – I, I'm with Jamie here. I'm borderline. This is, this is a sneaky playoff team. Yeah, like I, I like this. Team. I've gone back and forth. Whether I, I mean, I have. Uh, I'll, I'll save it for later because it's. Uh, yeah, we'll get totals, into we'll get into the win totals. I, um, I think they're in contention. I actually had them making the playoffs prior to the Tyree Kill news, so okay. it's going to be a conversation. Ooh, okay, all right. Joe Flacco, uh, like the player from a football perspective for this team, but from a fantasy perspective, I don't want to spend too much time no, here because uh, I'm not drafting. it's a 2QB league. Yes, because yes. I think in a 2QB league, getting a quarterback, too, that is really has no threat to lose their job is a massive value to you, and Joe Flacco is, is one of those. But he's yeah. going to put up solid numbers, but they're not going to be yeah, I mean, he's, what he's, you want for he's gonna, fantasy no, guys. He's going to finish in the mid-20s for points per game for quarterbacks. Yes, yeah, good, solid option option for a QB2 in a, in, in yeah, a two-quarterback league, but that's all you need to know there. One of my favorite players to have last year was Philip Lindsay. He was one of the – it was supposed to be the Royce Freeman show. See, I went the other way. I went Royce yeah, Freeman early and, and didn't it, know about Lindsay. And it just was not. And Philip Lindsay was an exciting player to have if you drafted him last year. Where do you have him going into this year? So he's my running back 17. I have him going in the fourth round, kind of right around where his ADP is. I think there's plenty for both of these guys in this offense. Like, I, I'm not shying. Away. People are starting to shy away from Lindsey lately. I don't know why. I don't know what. I'll he tell has you done. why because I'm kind of like that. I don't know that I'd take him that early. He runs so damn hard as such a little guy. Yeah. I don't know that he can sustain it. He did last year. He did. But it's a rookie Lindsay. making no money, and Mondays are fun when you're in the NFL. You get paid on Mondays. People, <laughs> you didn't know that. <laughs> you come up broke, and you're making money. That you'll run your ass off. Yeah. Now, year two, you've made a little money. You think you might get a contract with a starter? I'm not saying this is going to happen, but it's enough to make me go back to what I just said and be a little more conservative and shy. If he's there a round later, yes, I'm trying to steal people. And I think Royce Freeman has a bigger year and a bigger part than he had last year. You're talking about a 230-pound guy that yeah. can take the load and can catch it. I want both guys. Like I can get right right now. Royce Freeman's going in round ten. I would, All day. I would take him in round eight. I would take both guys and not a handcuff situation. I think they both have weekly value. Uh, I think yeah, RB2 and a flex. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think Lindsey RB2, Royce Freeman flex. And if that role switches at some point in the season, then it's Royce Freeman RB2 yeah. and Philip Lindsey flex. I think they're both going to have plenty of, of, of run in this offense. And I, again, I'm looking at this Broncos team and I'm trying to shape it like those Ravens teams that were very good. Now, I'm not talking about a Super Bowl team because I don't think this is a Super Bowl team. But you look at their, they have a productive defense with really good pieces in the secondary, a big pass rusher on the outside. Multiple, two. multiple, yeah, two. That's right. Bradley Chubb there too. I keep yeah, two. Multiple pass rushers on the outside. They have multiple running backs that can be effective, and they can salt games away. This could really good. This, this is a, yeah. This is a mini Baltimore Ravens from a couple. Here's years what I love ago. about the running backs: they're interchangeable. Yes, they both can run up between tackles. They can both run outside tackles, and they both can catch it. 
And they both prove last year they can pass block and stay in when they yeah. need to. Oh, and by the way, Devontae Booker's not a terrible player either. He's going to get a few. He's going to annoy everybody by getting a few touches a game. But he's and a take one to the house from a twenty yard line and kill at somebody's touchdown. Yeah. So which one you would prefer to have Lindsey going into the season? And you, I, I mean, overall, I'd rather have Lindsey for value. Yeah. I mean, Royce Freeman's a much better value. I take Royce Freeman in round eight before I would take Lindsey in round I, four. Yeah, I want both guys, but, but I yes. think Freeman's value is going to be better because I think people are going to reach on Lindsey. I'm hoping people. Are sleeping on Lindsay. Yeah, I hope he keeps. I'm hoping he starts falling. Yeah, yeah. Well, if he starts getting in that fifth, yes, yeah. But if I can play him on my flex, but I can see people taking him in the third. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to see what happens. Everybody's got a Bronco fan in your league. Yes, he's liable to go too high for sure. But the people are down on this team, as is because of that Vegas line, which tells me from a fantasy perspective, people will pay less attention to them, and that is one of those teams that you want to. So listen to us here. There's value on both guys. Just don't reach. Uh, let's talk about Cortland Sutton. Where do you guys like him this year? Man, let me tell you this. I watched them play live last <laughs> yeah. year. I remember It was this. like his second game, and they still had both big boys, Emmanuel Sanders and, and Thomas. This dude's a freak. Yeah. His hands look like they could take your entire head and, like, wrap around your head. <laughs> like, they're, they're giant. He has phenomenal hands. He's not exaggerating because I remember this conversation because yeah. you called he, me he from run, Denver. And he's well-rounded. So he's about big. It. He catches, like, watching him warm up, you can see a guy's catch it naturally. Right? Yeah. He just snatches stuff out of the air. The stuff that they tried to do to him last year didn't quite work. I think it works this year. Okay. And Flacco loves to throw it up to a guy mm-hmm. and a guy that can go up and get it. I think he's a really solid wide receiver two option. I see. You're, you're a little way higher than I I mean, I'm high on him, but I'm not I'm not that high. If they him. throw it enough. They, they're going to have to he's, throw it enough, and he's their number one option. I, I like these guys more than I did last year because I think Joe Flacco will get them the ball more than the Paxton Lynches and Trevor Simeons and of, of the world's were in case Keenum, not case Keenum, you know, all those guys of the world's were able to. The talent's undeniable between Courtland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton. There's a lot of talent yeah. there. I just want to see the production and I wonder how much they're going to throw the ball. I have Sutton in my wide receiver 47. Um, he's right now going around pick 101. I'm fine with him there, that ADP. They still got to throw it 30 times a game regardless of how much they run it. And he's the number one option. Yes. And, they, I, and yeah. the thing with Flacco is he can throw the comeback. He can throw the dig. He, Flacco can make every throw. And I think Sutton can run every route. That's yes. why I really, really like him. He's got, he's got like Larry Fitzgerald. Like he, the catch radius is huge yes. on this dude. So I think he makes a lot of those catches. They didn't come down with last year. Round 9, round 10, I'm fine with them there. I think there's more value in Deshaun Hamilton who's going in round 15 right now. I would take him in round 12. So very similar conversation with the yeah, backs, right? Like, I love Deshaun Hamilton the 15. Yes. Yeah, neither one of these guys are going to be your starter. I mean, they're going to be on your bench when you start open the season, but I, I'm perfectly okay taking a fly on either one. According to Sutton, as a flex option, i, I got to like him a little bit higher than you do. Yeah, I mean, he's still going to have 10 targets a game. He had six, seven, eight targets a game last year with Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders out there. Sure. Uh, oh, Emmanuel Sanders, we should talk about. I, I, say, I don't have him ranked. I'm scared. I know I know he's about to practice soon. Return to seven on seven work. I just, this soon off an Achilles injury, I just doesn't, I don't know. Like, I don't, if you want to take first, a flyer. First speed the, guy. I love the player. I love the person. If you want to take him in the last pick of your draft and say, screw it, we'll see what happens if he's on the field. If he's not, we'll cut him. But I just. I mean, if and when he plays, he's going to be productive. Yes. That means he can run like he it's, not like he used to, but he, he can still run. It's not an ACL. It's, it's not what he used to be with Achilles, though. I mean, I know, but we'll Kevin see. Durant just got paid max dollars with yeah. his foot flopping off an Achilles. Yeah. Like, guys come back from him. Now, he's a speed guy and a speed cut guy. Yeah. But I think there's, there's still value because I think he's going to come back and play. Like Jamie said, if he's there. Portland Sutton's the number one guy. Yeah. yeah. Hamilton is a really, really, really very similar to Manuel Sanders in his younger years. Yes. But I think they're still going to have three. 
One of the, so one of the bold takes that I got yesterday, I put out on Twitter and I would love to hear more. So people come find me on Twitter. We're going to actually have our own bold take show sometime this month. Uh, This, this one was interesting. So I got it multiple times and that was that Noah Fant would end up being a top five, not top 10. I'm not doing this. Top five tight end. When's the last tight end that had success under Joe? I keep hearing Joe Flacco loves his tight ends. When's the last tight end that had fantasy success under Joe Flacco? Name me one. Name any of them. It's never happened. I'm sipping tea. It's never happened. (laughs) If you want, again, no offense by tight end 22. If you want, if you don't draft anybody, you want to take a second tight end for some reason and you want to look for upside, fine, whatever. But this notion that he forgot to take one and he's sitting there yeah, in round twelve or thirteen. Like, but this notion that Joe Flacco makes fantasy tight ends—it's never happened. One thing that was glaringly missing on this team last year was a tight end. Yeah, and they have a guy that can run. But no offense—not a full, well-rounded running. He's not a road grader that also catches passes. He's not. I go back to Heath Miller, that full, yeah, well-rounded guy. He's a pass catcher. If they're going to run it that much, there's going to be another tight end on the field most of the time. That's going to diminish you right there. Yeah, Jeff Hillerman is still there and still going to be the one that's out there blocking. I just, I, I, just, I, I think this is just, this is one of those, like, this is a media, this is a media narrative. narrative. I heard yes. the second that he got drafted, and I just, I, somebody has to explain to me. Joe Flacco had plenty of tight end options. They draft, by the way, they drafted tight ends very high in the first round like this in Baltimore when Joe Flacco was still the starter. Yes. And they didn't do anything. I've got a new noise just, thing for the propaganda alert. When you're like, a woo, 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 woo. That's a propaganda <laughs> alert right there. That's, that's all, all media. Alert. I just yes. don't get it. I just don't get it. Look, is it possible he finishes his tight end 15? I think he went sure. that high from the propaganda alert. Yeah. Sure. Any, yeah. Anybody can finish his between 10 and 15 at tight end right now, given Agreed. what the position looks like. But I don't see this top 10 upside or top 5 upside. I don't understand. I think you people on Twitter that tweeted this at me are Hawkeye fans. That's, that's what I think is happening here. You're, you are you yeah, you didn't have any receivers. You have two really good tight ends. You have two really good tight ends, and you think that you're going to see that in an offense in the NFL, and I got news for you. Jamie's right. I, I, I remember when this happened because I remember on the draft network on our draft show – Kyle and Trent and all these guys getting excited about it. And I said, that's the difference between you guys. You like him from a football perspective. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. He's more Kelsey Ertz than he is that old Heath Miller, full, well-rounded guy. Yeah. Which means he's not out there all the time. Because you're going to run it more than you're going to throw it. Or they're going to try to be very balanced in this offense. It's a made-up narrative. That's it's made up. I don't see it. I don't see it. I'm glad we talked about this because it's been bothering me. That's why I brought it up. Emmanuel Sanders isn't back. What did you see him do in college? You saw him split out off. Yeah. That could be interesting because you got him and, and him on the field at the same time. Listen, three I, wide receivers set. I, I think he can end up, like Jamie said, end up being anywhere between 10 and 15 because yeah. I could argue any of the tight ends in that class could end I up said, being value 10 value versus risk. If you're taking too high, you're risking. Yeah, i yeah. in total I agreement. Just, and he does not have top five value. Please stop. No. Broncos, defense, and special teams. By the way, I also wouldn't them. be shocked if Philip Lindsay gets put out wide more often. I think that's the way they can get really creative with that offense. That would be interesting. I would not be surprised if Royce Freeman's in the backfield. They split Lindsay out. I mean, they, they can get really creative, if, especially if Sanders is not out there. We get a matchup nightmare. Yeah, good luck. Other than when they're playing the Chargers and Darrell yeah. James drops down. Yeah, but, then you yeah. throw, but then you throw it to Royce Freeman on the other side. Yeah. Because who's covering him? Yeah. I think this offense can be. I'm sneaky. getting talked into this, this team. Can, this team can be sneaky creative. I, I'm I'm a fan of this team. I'm I'm rooting for them because I love Vic. Uh, where are you drafting this defense and special teams? They're my, they're my number eight defense. Um, 
they, they've through the last four years they've been in the top five or seven. But again, this I'm not is, drafting them, but I damn sure want them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's going to be matchups where you want them. Again, it's the same advice with every defense. Like I feel like I'm repeating myself, but they have the easiest, strength, the second easiest strength schedule it's for a fantasy defense. All that other fun. They stuff. play a bunch of teams that throw it a lot, and yeah. they have two really good pass rushers yeah. and some good secondary pieces. So they're going to get some turnovers. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You're and again, you like them. love them at home late in the year. Yes, yeah. you do. Love them Absolutely. at home. Late in the year. That's going to so, be where I'll look for a stretch. If you've already got the Chargers or Jacksonville or somebody like that. They're a great secondary piece to throw in there. I'm not drafting them. All right. It's time to talk about Jamie's favorite football team, the Hard Knocks. Oakland Raiders, uh, soon to be the Vegas Raiders. I, I'm, I'm excited for Hard Knocks. Uh, I'm, I, I, am, I, I hate that show, but how can you not be? Yeah. Again, the, I, Mike I Mayock it, and I John Gruden. Coaches yes. make the show. Yes. It, they, because they focus so much on it, coaches make the show. John Gruden. It's not afraid of the camera. Whereas, in my opinion, All or Nothing does a great job of accentuating what you do, and nothing's too negative. Hard Knocks yes. is all. They they focus on the negative and the controversy. And, okay. I mean, it's John Gruden. It's, yeah. There's going to be controversy. Yes. He's um, going to say some shit. Oh, and he's like, intentionally. Yeah, and he oh, knows he's mic for this. Yes. And, oh, by the way, Antonio Brown is in Oakland. So let's just add With all of that. Mr. White Pew conservative Derek Carr. Yes. yes. Like, it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be far more exciting than the Raiders season. Yes, it's going to be far more exciting than a Raiders season. Let's talk about this team overall before we get into uh, Derek Carr. What are your expectations for this team going into the 2019 season? I'm going to be more excited about them because I like Josh Jacobs. I like the addition of Antonio Brown. Um, I'm hoping Derek Carr's back injury, at least temporarily, is semi behind him, but I doubt it. I just I still don't see this team as a contender. That that defense gives me massive concerns. I don't think they have enough weapons on the outside, even with Antonio. I do like Antonio Brown and Tyrell Williams, but I just don't think they still have enough weapons on this team to be an elite offense. And to me, it's all going to be is Josh Jacobs a superstar? I think that's going to be the biggest thing I look for this year in Oakland. I think he can be. I think the team takes a step forward overall, but the division's really tough. They're yeah. the worst team in the division, and I think they're better. But I just don't know how many wins that equates to. Yeah, and overall, this quarterback, Derek Carr, has not been the same guy since his injury. And back injuries are absolutely... It's his brain. It's not yeah, his back. Yeah. It's, it's hard to get over. It's hard. Yeah. It's really, really hard to get over. I don't want to spend too much time on him from a fantasy perspective, but where do you have him rated? Quarterback 23. Uh, again, at the very end of the QB2 range, I don't think he's going to lose his job to Nate Peterman. But the fact yeah. that Nate Peterman's a thing, again, is just mind-blowing to me. But I won't discuss that. Uh He's got better weapons around him. There might be a couple of weeks where he sneaks into top 15 territory, but unless you're in a two-QB league, he's not somebody you're drafting. Jake? Same thing. Maybe play him against the Chiefs if you had him. The, you, needed, you needed somebody. The the person I am excited about is Josh Jacobs, and I know a lot of people are excited about him as well. Jamie, where do you have him? I'm going to defer to Jake because think he is. I think he has him a lot higher than I do. I have him running back 20, so I'm pretty yeah. high on him. But I, think I, got him top, I got him top 15, yeah. okay. closer to 12. He's a three-down guy that catches it really well that's going to be out there that everything that Gruden does is going to go through him. It's not going to go through Antonio Brown. It's going to go through him. By all accounts, he's healthy enough. He's picking up things. Love the toughness of the kid. He's big enough to do that and carry the load. Very Joe Mixon-like, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I love him. I think he's high. I think you're going to steal him. If he's in the, if he's that in like late late third, round four. That's, yeah, right now that's where he is, 36. So the last pick of the third round is where his ADP is right now. I, I, I would take him right about that ADP. I'm, I'm not reaching for him there, but uh, I'm not reaching for him before that. But that's If he's there, I feel that's value to what how many carries and what, what they want out of him. Now, he's yeah. got to prove it. He's a rookie. Yeah. But what they want out of him, yes, I like that. Jalen Richard, any... Yeah, I like Jalen Richard. He's a guy that 
had some fantasy flex value last year in PPR formats, finished 39th among running backs. I think you do that again. I think he's got that little bit of a role carved out for him. I think he can spell Josh Jacobs a little bit when they need him to. A bench option, somebody grabbing late rounds, 13 yeah. rounds, and 14. if Jacobs doesn't do what I'm saying, yeah, Richard's a very good option. All right, the biggest part of this offense uh, from an entertainment value and from a talent value is Antonio Brown. Last year, like his last four, one, 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 two. And that's the, the last one I want to talk about because I, I, this other narrative I need to kill now that we've killed the Noah fan narrative is that Antonio Brown had a bad fantasy season last yeah. year. No, he's we, number we, two we, wide receiver we, last year. We need year. to stop that. He was number two in fantasy points per game. I know what happened in Week 17 sucks, but most of you weren't playing in Week 17, so it didn't matter to you. He's not going to put up the same type of numbers. If he was still, if this was Pittsburgh and none of the stuff that happened last year happened, and he was running back and he was out there right there, he's the number one receiver overall. He's going in the middle of the first round. Yes. So the fact that he's out of there is baked into the fact that he is going in round two right now, which is where I have him. It's my number seven receiver overall. I have him just behind Odell Beckham and just above Juju. Uh, I, I would take him at number seventeen. He's going eighteenth overall, so I think I'm right on line with with that. He's going to provide a guaranteed top ten season for you. Like yes. he just, if he doesn't get hurt, he's going to be incredibly productive. I don't think he's got number one upside anymore because that offense is nowhere near as good, but I think he's definitely a top ten guy. True pro, plays through injuries, plays tough, puts up numbers, wants to put up numbers, spends a lot of money, so he has to be on the field making money. He's a top ten guy, but he definitely went from one, I think I had him at nine. Yeah. Yeah. He just doesn't I've got him way ahead of Odell Beckham Jr. It's, just, that, but it's, it's because Ben's not throwing him the ball. And I don't think they're going to throw it as much as – They can't. No, they won't throw as they're much. not going to throw as much to him. What really could limit this is him being AB mm-hmm. with John Gruden and with Carr. Yeah, he ain't winning that battle. No, he's nobody's winning the battle with John. He used Gruden. to win it. Yeah, he used to win it with Tomlin. Yeah, he used to win it with Ben. They forced it to him all the time. They forced it to him for the first half of the season last year. I mean, it was. I mean, Ben's numbers were. Uh, his real life football numbers were down because they were throwing in double coverage every time. Because he was going crazy being AB. Yeah. If he does that now, I don't know how it's going to work. Yeah, it's not, not going to be winning a lot of games at the same time. He didn't like that either. No, nah, it's not going to work. And I think he's going to, as, as Larry Fitzgerald once pointed out, uh, I don't remember where he was, but he was speaking and he said, I would have been very happy to have a Hall of Fame quarterback throwing me the football. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens when Ben Roethlisberger, who he had all those complaints about, isn't throwing him the football. And now he's in an offense where he has zero, and I mean zero control because it is the John Gruden show and nobody else. And the offense should run through Josh Jacobs. Yes, yes and, and from and a football will. perspective, it should. Uh, Tyrell Williams, you guys like him at all? I like him as a, as a bench option. He finished, again, he finished 46-49 the last two years. I think he's going to be, now he's, yes, he's downgraded offenses, but he's upgraded role. He's now the clear number two wide receiver there. Uh, he's only around 14 right now. I take him as early as round 11. I have a wide receiver 56. I think there's some sneaky value here. I think this could be a guy that you end up playing in your flex spot a lot during your bye weeks. I agree with all that. I think what he also does is bring value to AB that you can't just – you're still going to double AB, which brings Williams that much more value to himself. He's got that deep target. But the fact that he's over there helps AB as well. It's almost – he's not Juju, but he's a solid number yeah. two guy that's had production the last couple of years. I like him too. Any last fantasies? Fantasy thoughts here on the Oakland Raiders? Uh, I mean, Darren Waller, maybe. I mean, if you're if you're desperate for a tight end, I know the big jokes. If you follow the Draft Network, the big joke was about I forgot who ranked Darren Waller. Oh, it was um, David Carr who ranked Darren Darren, uh, Darren Waller as like a top ten tight end in football. Uh, he's not, but <laughs> the fact that there there could be some value there if he can be Jared Cook light. 
tight end sucks, man. Like it's just it, the position is garbage in fantasy right Their now. Their defense so, sucks too, so we don't even talk about that. Yeah. yeah. So a- any any upside there? Um, yeah, I would yeah. draft Noah Fant over him. So for those of you that were pissed off in my last segment, you know I would draft Noah Fant before I draft Darren Waller. But, <laughs> oh, with a side of sass. That's, uh, as we, that's as, all I got. As we that. get into the prop bets here. Uh, the Chiefs in Vegas right now, ten and a half wins. Jake over under. Under, I got him ten and six. Uh, under as well. I'm at nine seven. Okay. Chargers nine and a half wins. Jake. Over. I got him twelve and four. Lockstep over on twelve and four. And again, obviously, this was all done before the Gordon stuff. But I, I, I don't think it's going to matter. I think I might drop him to eleven and five if he's gone. But, but I got him winning the division. They, they, their win total might drop a half win. Yeah. If Gordon does leave. So, I mean, I think it's going to counteract. We'll revisit, we'll revisit these right before the season kicks off. I like uh, them a lot. Broncos, seven wins. Over, Vegas. nine. I think the Broncos and the Chiefs are going to be fighting until the last couple weeks of the season for that final playoff spot. I really do. Over, I got them eight and eight. Okay. I like the Broncos. Uh, right. I, I, I'm getting talked into liking them a little bit more. Yeah, same. I talked myself into liking them a little more talking about Vic. So, yeah. Uh, and Ray- again, I like the idea that the, the Chiefs are playing a first-place schedule. The Broncos are playing a third-place schedule. I think we're talking about different – again, we're talking about little finite differences that need to be made over the course of the season. That could be enough to get the edge. Raiders, six wins in Vegas. I'm boring. I'm pushing. I have them exactly six and ten. I am exactly the same. <laughs> I have them six and ten. I think they're going to be better. I just don't yeah. think it equates to that many wins. They're cl- the Broncos got better. The Chargers are still awesome. The Chiefs, I don't think, will be better, but they're still well better. The Raiders still have no pass rush, and their defense still yeah. sucks. Even if their offense is if that much only better. only John Gruden could have found a pass rusher, a young, oh dynamic pass oh rusher. Thank you, John Gruden. Oh uh, moving right along to the <laughs> prop bets, Patrick Mahomes. 4,650.5 yards over under. Guys. I have the over. I have it 47.88. I think they're going to have to throw a lot. I think they're going to throw a lot more now. They don't have the same consistent running game they're going to have. I think he's going to be less efficient in terms of touchdowns, in terms of turnovers, but I do think he will be able to get there just yards-wise. Over. If anybody's going to do it, it's him. Yeah. They're going to throw it more than anybody else, and he throws it better than anybody else. I like the over on that. Uh, Philip Rivers, 4,300.5 yards over under. I just slide over. I have 43.14, just again, 13 and a half yards over it. They're going to sling it in, in L.A. I keep, I'm trying so hard not to say San Diego. It's, it's, it's really a struggle for me. They're going to sling it. The, the Melvin Gordon news makes me even more confident in this because if Austin Eckler plays a bigger role, or even Justin Jackson, I think they're going to get more catches per snap on average, than what Melvin Gordon was when he's in the game. So, I like it a lot. Over barely because it all runs through Phillip. Yep. Uh, Derek Carr, 4,100.5 yards over under, Jamie. I have the slight under. I have the 4,069. I do think he's going to throw a little bit more, but there's a lot of risk here. There's injury risk. There's just this team being bad. It being bad is why it's even propped up to over 4,000 because there's going to be a lot of garbage yards, but I don't know. That's 4,100 is asking a lot for an injury-prone quarterback. If he plays over. Okay. But you have an injury risk, so I wouldn't touch this one. Joe Flacco, 3,250.5 yards over under. Over, and I have pretty significant. I have him closer to 3,500. I know they're going to run a lot, but I think Joe Flacco can have a lot of success in this offense relatively. If I mean, he plays as the starter, I think he's got to be close to 3,800. Yeah. I love yeah. the over on this. Yeah. That's that's assuming Drew Locke's taking the job somewhere. 3,200, yeah. you're talking about Lamar Jackson range. I, I think what we've learned today is the Broncos are the best value. Across yeah, the board. In Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, uh, everyone down on them. Very, very interesting. Melvin Gordon, uh, 1,065.5 rushing yards. So this was obviously before uh, the news, but let's just assume for the sake of this argument that he's playing the full season. Uh, I would still take the under. Uh, I, I think he's going to be slightly over 1,000, but as we've talked about before, we don't see 11, 12, 13, 1,400-yard 1, running backs that often anymore, even as someone as good as Melvin Gordon. 
And now that he might even miss a game, like if he misses one game, he's not he's not getting that. I I'm in agreement. I'm gonna throw a hot take that makes no sense. I'm gonna say twelve hundred over, and it's somewhere else. Ooh. Okay. All right. Maybe it makes no sense. I wouldn't bet that, but. You're just taking a hot take. It wouldn't surprise me. It's in Indianapolis. I can see it. I'll throw the hot take out there. Yeah, if it's in Indianapolis. Uh, Antonio Brown receiving yards, 1,250.5 yards over under. Got the slight under there. I got 1,241. Uh, He's still going to be extremely productive, and I think he's going to be able to put up a lot of value. But I I think his 1,500-plus yard days, those are long gone. He looked a step slower to me last year, too. I don't think he's quite the same player. I got the under barely. I think he gets 1,000. Keenan Allen, the exact same total in Vegas over under. I have the slide over there. I have a 1,257. Uh, again, if I'm going to take a chance on one of these two guys to go over the total, it's going to be Keenan Allen. That that offense is he's the offense is going to be so much better. He's proven that when he's healthy, he's going to be extremely productive. He's got other pieces around him to take pressure away from Keenan Allen. I would much rather take that bet. Slide over if you're going to pick one of the two. I like Allen too. He's, but he's got to play. Better in, offense. In, injury risk. Better offense and... He's got to play every game, though. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, guys, how can everybody follow you on social media? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and at FFB on Instagram. Jake B. Arians on the Twitter. And, guys, you can find me at the underscore sports page with an I on Twitter and Instagram. And like I said, we're going to be uh, revisiting those bold takes, so keep them coming. They were very fun to read through. Some of them were uh, deserving of the eyeball emoji because, wow, y'all have some bold takes. But we will be back tomorrow. Uh, have a good Thursday and enjoy the Hall of Fame game. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.